Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a simple podcast where a couple of church leaders talk about stuff. I've got Darren with me. He's a lead elder, a lead elder, the lead elder of Grassroots Church, and I am, yeah, oops, I'm, I'm, I'm not a lead elder. I'm just an elder. You're but not thank just you all elder. for joining us. We got a good podcast today. We're going to be talking about the Institute of Biblical, excuse me, Institute of Basic Life Principles, the IBLP. Just give me a couple minutes and we'll get to that. Until then, sup, Darren? How, hey. you, how you feeling? Happy summer. Yeah. How's yeah. You know, you know, this has been my week because it's July 4th week and it's been hot and we floated the river. Monday and I got absolutely torched and uh, and so yeah and you are more than just an elder you are hey. an elder in the kingdom of God here at Grassroots oh well thanks for the encouragement yeah uh, yeah I didn't want you to feel like I was usurping you like he is a lead elder uh, I mean uh, I mean I am a lead humana. elder amongst many in the world but I looked um, I had a couple in my office the other day, we were doing premarital, and they were looking, of course, you know I got all my nickety-knacks on the, the, the shelves, and one of them was uh, this baseball bat that is turned into a, uh, basically a, a cup. A weapon. Yeah. Oh. A cup. Um, it, I think basically a beer, beer glass kind of thing, but it's, but it's a baseball bat. They hollowed out and they put team logo on it, uh, the Mars got it for me, and I forgot because I always have it with the Cleveland logo forward. And when I picked it up, I forgot the back. They had personalized it. says Darren Cherry, but it says the main man, Darren Cherry. And so I was like, ah, they are some of our faithful listeners. Yeah, there's only one main man. His name is Jesus. But, you know, we, we can be humble. <laughs> yep. About that. Well, I'm happy, Darren. You had a good fourth. Sorry, you got torched on the river on Monday, but Monday wasn't Worth the it. fourth, was it? Did you float the river on Monday? We floated or it on Monday because Tuesday, Gavin and I went and worked the food trailers, uh, food trucks with Garrett and Holly. Uh, Pat and Ellen were there, and Gage, uh, and and G and I, and it was a blast. I just felt bad that like Gavin had to work, and so we left like. Not long after it got busy. <laughs> so it's like we were standing around for most of the morning. And then when it got busy, we're like, what did you do in the food truck? You personally, like, did you drinks. give out drinks? Uh, that, <laughs> so say, are you making pizza, Darren? I, it was really cool. Like I was Cherry learning pie. the whole, <laughs> I was learning the whole thing. I was watching the guy at the grill, like, oh, how do you do this? Why do you, you know, the other guy at the deep fryers. And it, it was a lot of fun to watch. I got to learn how to do, which it sounds stupid, learn how to do, but the fries, like how do you do the fries in the deep fryer? and Drop the fries. You know, how do you know when they're done? It was fun, but I was. When they smell like heaven. They were, actually, I had one. I did try just <gasps> one. It was fresh. It was so good. But they do fresh squeezed lemonade. At their trucks. And so I'm over there, like, cutting lemons in half, squeezing them into the cups. Like, you pre-prep them. And then they've got this sugar water dispenser that makes it the lemon. And I was doing drinks and getting those ready. It was a lot of fun. It really was. I got to work with some people I never met. And um, so I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I said I'd do it again in a heartbeat. And so that's why we floated the river on Monday. Because Tuesday we did that. And then 
right as we got home, we cooked out, and then G had to leave for work. But Monday, we hit the river. We put in down uh, a couple hours up the river from Caldwell at Camp Allegheny. Do you know mm-hmm. where that's at on the river yeah. trail? Yeah. We put in there, and, like, as soon as we get out of sight of where we put in, it's dumping the rain on us. Just did you get some rapids? Just downpouring. And there were a couple spots in there that were fun to kind of navigate, you know. But now, were you kayaking or are you just floating in? We inner have tubes? inner tubes. We have inner tubes. And so we have the inner tubes that have like the headrest and the cup holders. And were there other families out there? Um, we passed some, some that were like camping out on the side and just enjoying the river. There was a group of uh, kayakers that we did pass. They had pulled over and were, like, eating lunch or something. And so um, I think where we were floating is not a real popular float part. It's more of a kayak thing because we – the last time I floated the river, oh, it was, it was when we lived in Ronsford because we lived in Ronsford right off of Main Street, West Main Street, uh, across from Johnny's. It was a really good apartment, but uh, Jesse's family was in. And we had this idea – where we would float from Caldwell to our home <laughs> in floaties in August. That's a pretty good float. Yeah, the the water was not very deep, so a lot of it was carrying floaties. And I, I've I might have mentioned this before on the podcast. Like the most magical moment happened. Like I was like clawing my way. I was on my stomach on an inner tube, like trying to get over <laughs> some rocks. It's like my ring falls off. My wedding band <gasps> still got the OG wedding band. Ten years this week. Uh-huh. And I lost it. It just came off, and it was lost in the river. And I was like, okay, don't panic. Let's just think through this and started looking around. And, oh, I found it just, like, going a little bit, like, 10 feet down. Or not 10 feet down, maybe, like, 5, 6 feet down. Anyway, I found my ring. And I was like, that was the most glorious moment I have ever had. See, Nathan Good, that's how it's done. Hey, you got to you gotta hone in oh, on that. Brutal. But it took all day. I mean, we we started at 10 in the morning, and it was dusk. We actually got to a point by the time we got to Ronsford, we just got out of the river and walked on the railroad track here and our dinner too. Like, we're done. Yeah, the we had a where we put in Camp Allegheny, and to be honest, there was actually just one spot that we had to get up and walk. Uh, the rest of it, there was a few spots. You know how you kind of wiggle, and you'll you'll work your way over the rocks. No, Darren, uh, can you explain more about your wiggle? You you have to adjust yourself in the inner tube to kind of. You're just barely stuck in the Friends, rocks. you would not believe his body language right now. Yeah. He is he is moving. That yeah. boy is moving. But uh, we would, there's only one spot we had to do that. And so we, from Camp Allegheny down to Caldwell, um, under the bridge where we left our car, um, two and a half hours on the water. It's pretty good. And it was a perfect float because there's a couple of deep spots to just get out. And because when, once that rain passed, that's why we got torched. It got sunny and didn't stop. Like, it was such a beautiful day. But you hit those deep spots where the water's cool. So you just kind of dive in and swim for a little bit. And then there were a couple spots that were actually, like, like rapids. And so it was a really good flow. Two and a half hours on the river is about the max that I would want on an inner tube. Because um, I wasn't fishing. Now, it's fishing. There's a different story. But it, it was it was a lot of fun that day and so uh doing that tuesday monday fourth of july was tuesday um wednesday and thursday have been 
good days of just getting stuff done in the office and spending time with the family. We have a cookout at our house tonight uh, for the worship team. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> and so I love this week. So it's been a good week. Well, good. Yeah. Good. What about you? I worked. And then uh, my sister and her family came in, and okay, we hung cool. out in the, our yard, watched the kids play with water stuff during the afternoon. Had some barbecue. That reminds me of when the Dillons did that water party for kids, mm-hmm. and all the adults were, like, on the back deck there because they have a big back deck. We are on the back deck just all hanging out, eating, uh, just enjoying conversation. And they had said that was, like, a water-free zone. And then off to the side of the house was like, like a pool, a slip and slide. They had water guns and all trampoline. And I remember you were like, "Hey, I'm gonna go like squirt the kids with a water gun or something." And you came. I back, can't help myself. You came back like drenched. Man, those kids aim for the face too. They they play dirty. It's like uh, it was like I don't even know how I got war. in that, but my contact was like half out of my eyeball. <laughs> Um, like point blank in my face, super soaker, but boom. I was like, okay, that's how it's going to be. So I started scooping up water and throwing it on them, which is bad because there were more of them, Darren. They were <laughs> everywhere. Those little, those little hands can hold a lot of water. But yeah, I came back and it's like, I'm done playing. <laughs> Dude, Dude, it was just funny because you're like, I had that little squirty go, pistol. You're like, I'm going to go squirt them real quick. And you came back and you're like, these kids are brutal. Yeah. Before I left, I was like, <laughs> I said, uh, for Frodo. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine Aragorn turning around? He just has a super soaker instead of Anduin. Like, like, for Frodo. <laughs> he goes in there and starts squirting the Legolas troll Legolas has a, a quiver full of water balloons instead oh, of a bow snap. And arrow. <laughs> well, man, you know, Gimli's got that blunt thing. He's So what would be a blunt water weapon? Oh, gosh. What? Uh, water bombs? I, I don't know. No, because you'd throw... Uh, it's not projectiles. He would have rod. to use an oar. <laughs> just, just, just beating kids <laughs> over the head with an oar. Um, hey, yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, uh, no, it was good. I had a good time with family. It's just, like, as mentioned before, busy time for me this year, working in hospitality, doing a lot of stuff for grassroots, doing all the family's home. Missions so week I'm is just, coming up. I'm just bam, 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 bam. Go, 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 go. Love the 4th of July. Had a great holiday. It was very relaxing for me just to sit oh, in good. the yard, be outside, watch the kids play, eat a pound of barbecue, and I ate a whole rack of ribs on my own because no one else wanted ribs, apparently. Joke's on them. Boo. I think I don't think people realize how much work you put into Missions Week. I think it's like... It sounds simple, like, oh, yeah, we've got this, this, and this. But, like, I don't think people realize how much – because I'm, I'm obviously there with you the whole way, like, watching. Like, I don't put in near the much – You're holding my hair while I'm throwing up. That's kind of what it is. Like, you're doing the work, and I'm just kind of there to support. Throwing up, and you're just holding my hair back. Just kind of – Telling me it'll be okay. There just, to help. Just dabbing breathe. your forehead with a cool washcloth. Uh, wet compress. Um, have me on the back. And and so I, I, I feel like we get to the other side of Missions Week, and – I think there's like a weight off of your shoulders of like made it through. Got another year to plan the next one. It'll be good. It's coming together. Yes, I'm excited and for it. It's going to be fun hanging out with Grassroots and our partner church, Piney Grove. North Carolina, fun stuff coming up, friends. Hey, and speaking of friends, Darren, one of our best friends and one of our most faithful listeners yes. since you, no, actually spoke with me one Sunday morning about us discussing 
she said the IBLP. And I said, eh, what? And she's like, the Duggars documentary thing that's on Amazon. I was like, oh, interesting. Shiny, happy people. Interesting. So we're going to talk about the IBLP because I watched the documentary, the four-part Prime Video docuseries, as you mentioned, Shiny Happy People. Uh, and just, I guess, share our thoughts on that whole situation. Now, here's where I'm coming from, friends, for transparency purposes. I've never watched an episode of The Duggars. I don't watch reality TV, really, unless it's, you know, is it cake or uh, Kids Top Chef. That's fun. Those kids are wicked talented and super encouraging to watch them. Uh, but anyway, I'm not really a big reality TV guy. But I'm familiar with the Duggars. I know about 18 and counting, 19 and counting. I'm, you know, I know as a conservative family with political ties that has a bunch of kids. I know that much. So I never, I still to date have never watched an episode, but I'm familiar with the Duggars. Don't have much of a, I don't have an opinion to share on the family. Uh, that's, that's my confession for transparency purposes. I'm familiar with, but it's not like I've watched all of the seasons of it. I don't know the kids. I'm not going to memorize their names. I don't know, but I know a lot of, Christians do follow the Duggars and have for a long time, and they have watched this documentary. I watched the documentary. You all right? Yeah, sorry. Allergies. We're good. We're good. Not watch the Duggars. Familiar with them, but I, I watched the four-part series. That is my previous that, – that's what I know about the Duggars until watching this documentary. Now, yeah, I'm with have you. you watched the series? Do you follow it? Do you have any? Do you care about them beforehand? Are you like, oh, I love this no. family, or do you have any? I never prejudice. I don't, I don't get into the, and and I'll throw a bunch. Of, I I never watched the Kardashians. I never watched. Um, what was this? John and Kate plus eight. John was and one. Kate plus eight. Uh, I never watched because the Duggars. I in watching the documentary, you see it started as like. Like. 12 kids and counting or something, or 16 kids and counting, and it, it ended 19 kids and counting. Um, it was such a phenomenon of a show. Everybody heard of it. Everybody knew about it. I knew about it. I knew they were the Duggars, and I knew they had a house full of kids. I never watched a single episode. And I am, by default, very weary of taking truth out of television productions and I would encourage anyone who is interested in TV producing there's a book called Behind the Curtain I forgot the author's name but it's Behind the Curtain it was about Jay Leno's Tonight Show uh, when he was on NBC's The Tonight Show but the book was written by a producer it was like the behind the scenes behind the curtain of The Tonight Show and one of the major takeaways I got from that book according to this producer is that the interviews that you see the monologues all of it is pre-planned. None, none of it's in the moment. It, they are actors and very talented entertainers who have been trained in how to fake laugh. Matter of fact, the producer actually said that. He said that one of the best skills to have in the industry, in the, in the entertainment industry, is to learn how to fake laugh. Because a lot of people have bad ideas, those celebrities that come on, and you have to like fake laugh. But you have to encourage them in order to make a bit out of it. It's not real. It's a production. TV, reality TV, is a production for entertainment purposes. So I've always been weary about any anything on TV. Now, I'm saying it's completely untrue, like any what is happening, but I don't really take to heart. 
because it's entertainment for money. Well, and we don't want that to be confused with behind the curtain, a peek at a life from within the ER, or behind the curtain, a chilling expose on the banking industry, hey. or behind the curtain, travels <laughs> in Eastern Europe, European football, uh, or behind the curtain, inside the network of progressive billionaires. Um, oh, now we're talking. And then there's I want to go back to this EU football thing. <laughs> yeah, like there's all, I was trying to see if there was like a name. Uh, uh, Google Jay Leno behind the curtain okay or um, tonight's show i forgot the guy's name he actually um worked a lot with bill o'reilly who behind authors the, uh, dave berg producer behind for, the curtain an insider's view of jay leno's tonight show that's it dave berg forward it, by jay leno yeah and he's actually by uh so he's he was a conservative from wisconsin that was working in the liberal entertainment industry it's a really interesting book but television productions that again beforehand before watching this docuseries that's my position. It is, is. I don't take to heart a lot of what I see on TV. The 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 series like the Duggars, um, Kardashians, even uh, Duck Dynasty. That's another one. Yeah. These are scripted, unscripted shows. So they come into an episode with with okay, here's what y'all are going to do today. So it's it's scripted. Obviously, every word's not scripted, like a like a sitcom, but they do decide, here's the, the producers coming to go, Here, here's what we want you to get into today. Um, and so it, it is a, a, a planned. It is a production. Yeah. All right. So my, my grievances out of the way for the reality TV industry and the entertainment industry in general. Oh. Oh, we got something else? I do. I, okay. This okay. is total sidebar talking about documentaries and uh Reality TV. Oh, you just smacked your knee, and I was like, I did. Yeah, like, I was trying to reality, reality TV. Did you grow up at all? That's the question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, did you, did you uh, what, what's my age again? Uh, what's my age Nobody again? likes you when you're 23. Um, and you still act like you're a freshman? Yeah. Good what song. the heck is ADD? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? Uh, did you ever watch American Gladiators? <laughs> I did. Dude. We loved that show. Netflix has a four-part documentary on Gladiators right now. It was awesome. And it was one that, like, it, it does bring a different light to the show. We loved the show uh, growing up. Like, everybody watched that show. But with that being said, you talk about reality TV. So much reality TV is not reality. Um, even little things you find out, like uh, like I love the show American Pickers. These guys really do what they say yeah. they do. You mean you're traveling in a car in Minnesota and you get a call from your friend Carrie, or who is it? I forgot who it is. That it's like, hey, stop in two miles. This guy just called and he's got like a just so happens you're in the neighborhood of this guy that has a bunch of hidden treasure. Yeah, <coughs> MythBusters. Like, <coughs> Sorry. Well, what we learned in American Pickers, like they really do what they say they do. However, you find out that they'd go to certain picks, the producers and people would go in ahead of them and kind of bring things to the front that they might be interested in, that they can haggle for. Um, the uh, storage wars. Those people really do go by these storage lockers, but they would, at times, the producers would go into the locker beforehand and shove something in there that's, 
noteworthy that they'll go get appraised. And and so and my my uh, cousins were on an episode of Family Feud last summer, which were they, they really? won. Yeah, they Dude, won. No way. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, Galen, my best man for my wedding was on Family Feud. That and, would be fun. Uh, and whenever they were doing the interviews, the the production team was very keen on picking up personality quirks, and they wanted to exaggerate those quirks. So they basically wanted you to be yourself but make yourself a character. Even Family Feud, sure, they're making up lists in the moment, which my, my uh, cousin-in-law, Jesse... Nailed it. She like clean swept that final round. No like, bam, way. bam, bam, bam. The most like modest, soft spoken lady in the world. Just like she won that for. Her. I'm sorry, Layman's Jesse won. That's she awesome. was the best. But even that was a production. So that being said, I watched the documentary and I'm very conflicted and upset and unsettled by the whole thing. It's a mess, to be honest with you. That's my let, let's major takeaway. Let's give context. Uh, you already said it's a documentary, uh, four parts on on the Duggars, but it Kinda. was the Duggars' involvement in. It's because of the show they had. It's an involvement in the IBLP, the Institution, Institution of, of Basic Life Principles. Yes, right. So basically, you have this program. Headed by, founded and led by a gay name, a gay, a guy, <clears throat> a man. A I was going to say a guy. Oh my man. goodness! Wow, dude, Freudian <laughs> slip. I didn't mean it. Y'all know me. Oopsie doopsie. <laughs> but this guy, Bill Gothard, shut up, Darren. Who came up with this program about families and how families should be structured and. Basically, this one guy came up with this entire program on how families should operate hierarchically and the rules that they should follow in their faith. So this program is not a church, it's not a denomination, but it was prevalent in quite a few. I don't they didn't even tell the number. They just said on the documentary, it swept through the Southern Baptist churches. But this program is a very ultra actually if you look it up on Wikipedia, it says ultra conservative fundamental group that stresses have as many kids as possible because that's how God blesses you when you have a bunch of kids. And but you know, dad 100% big authority in the household, dad answers to Gothard apparently, according to the documentary it seems like. At least Jim Bob, according to his family members on the docu series, Jim Bob is daddy Duggar, uh, wanted to emulate Gothard. And this IBLP has a bunch of conventions. They have a whole homeschool curriculum, as you pointed out. It is a program that made its way through churches, I guess, in the 80s, 90s, and still prevalent today. So the Duggars were heavily influenced by that program. Yeah, and that's the documentary is based on the Duggars having this show, but it's really about the IBLP. Um, and, and just to clarify i think a couple of things the iblp and i'm actually on their website right now like they're still they have a bunch of events coming up i saw they're still around and 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 one thing they say they're like the iblp is not a church it's not a religion okay so um this made its way into churches and into homes um the the documentary covers pretty much the the bad parts of it. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying not to because 
I know you've got a direction for this pod today. I, I'm trying not to get ahead of us or anything. Um, I just want to give context that this family of Christians end up IBLP. I think they kind of become uh, spokesmen for it because they've had a number of kids. They've been a part of it for a while. Well, now up pops this opportunity for this show, which did you catch in the documentary something kind of, I would say, funny, hip, hypocritical? It was the niece that went to her uncle, you know, Jim Bob, and said, why are you going to have a TV show? Y'all don't even have a TV. Like, they don't believe in having a television in your oh, home. There's so many contradictions. Gothard himself was never married and had no kids. But yet he's got this whole family program. Yeah, and, and that's what... The reason I was conflicted by this, this is what I shared with you and others that have talked to me about this. Um, you can go listen to the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. He's talking about Mark Driscoll, uh, the church that he planted in Seattle, grew, you know, big, and now it doesn't even exist anymore. He, he's actually resurfaced, uh, I think, in Arizona. But um, you can, you can listen to that one, yeah. Every time I hear because he pops up every now and then on my Instagram story, like the whatever TikTok version of Instagram is, and it's just like every time he talks, it's like, dude, you're so yeah, chill. Yeah. But not really. Like, stop yelling at me. But that's what that that podcast you can watch. There's actually a couple of documentaries on Hillsong. Um, the one that I watched is on Hulu, and it really starts with their New York campus and the pastor there that kind of his demise. But I, I watched those, and uh, even I'm reading a church history book, and I'm going through the Grassroots Institute class on church history through uh, Ligonier. R.C. Sproul's ministry, and I can I can see what the church did, the Catholic Church did uh, towards the Reformation, where for a few hundred years, a lot of what they did was just to maintain power or to gain control. Certain people in in the church, or even uh, kings and queens, uh, you know, of countries, siding with the church, but it was all power play. When you listen to the one about Mars Hill, when you look up what happened at, I think it's called Harvest uh, with James McDonald, um, when you watch this Hill song, so much of what is done is to maintain control, to maintain power. And you can watch these documentaries and just instantly be against them. Like, yes, Hillsong is not doing what the church has been called to do. It's wrong what they're doing. It's prosperity gospel. These are, you know, celebrity pastors spending millions of dollars a year on their lifestyle and uh, maintaining their status. And I mean, it's like, yeah, you can just instantly be against them. This shiny happy people one is conflicting because, like you said, they promote the role of the husband as the head of the household. That's my conviction of, of Scripture, of what I watch uh, or see in Scripture of how God's designed the home. That's my conviction. Um, they say, hey, children are a blessing to a family. Have lots of them. Listen, 
That's my conviction. Literally made a joke about that last week you without did. even knowing that the Duggars were a part of a program that promoted you the thing that I was joking about. You didn't realize that, but I was but, a jo- I was joking about it, yeah. and then it turns out to be a thing, and it's like, oh man, I better be careful what I say. But I'm, it's but it's our conviction. Children are a blessing to a family, and uh, and and have as many as you feel God is leading you to have. Um, you know, for for Kelly and I, we thought it was two, and then the Lord changed our hearts, and along came Lincoln, and now we can't imagine life without Lincoln. And so we've got three kids. And so we've stuck. We have those same convictions uh, that discipline needs to be present in a home. Like that's a, a literally a biblical thing. Um, saving yourself uh, sexually for marriage is a God-honoring thing. They're all biblical things that they're promoting. Modesty of men and women. I'm not just going to put women in there. Modesty of men and women. Um, working to control those uh, physical desires that would lead us away from Christ and towards sin. These are all things that the IBLP promotes that we agree with. The problem we have is the degree to which they push them actually creates an unhealthy dynamic within a home. And in some situations... A very abusive, yes, violent, fear-filled hell for some people. I mean, and that—that that yeah. was a big part of the documentary late in the later episodes. You know, it's a bunch of influencers, social media influencers, deconstructing their faith because they—they were so pummeled. I mean, for example, one lady was talking about how. Uh, during her wedding night, saved herself from marriage, did everything the right way, and was raped three times during the honeymoon. And it's like, yeah, wow. they got the dream wedding had the guy that had saved himself for marriage, and then that evening, that that culture produces you-do-what-the-man-says mentality. Like, I didn't know. You know, it goes through lessons on how to properly spank your kid. You know, I'm not an ex... I'm not a psychological expert to give any... I don't know. Depends on the kid. Depends on the... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that whole topic, to be honest. But um, I didn't know the wives were getting spanked. It was like, What? That's what they mentioned in the video. But well, what they say, they said they called it encouragement. Yeah. That that the parents would be like, Do you need some encouragement? Do we need to go on the other? Which I'll just tell you, I am a a proponent of discipline, and we have spanked our kids. But again, if your only form of discipline is spanking, you're at an unhealthy level. I can count, I can count on one hand how many times I've spanked individually each one of my boys. Kelly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have never had the discipline my wife. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Golly. We're not, we're, not, we're not a part of IBLP, so no, we, and, we frown upon that. And so it's like, but, but the danger in it, you and I would totally agree that as, as men, God has called us to lead our homes well, to protect, to provide for, to disciple, to love, but in no way are we dictators. In no way does God give us what is it called carte blanche, like what we say goes, and everybody yeah, else. Whatever you do, I got your back. You can do whatever you want because you are the man of the house. It's like no, it's it's a very sacrificial position to be in. Yeah, uh, we always use what is biblical authority. I, I we always go back to JMC who said uh, authority is. The power 
to do what's best for the family. Make sacri- uh, mention physical strength. I'm six foot two, pretty chunky. Jesse's chunky. petite five one. Whatever. I'm I'm like I'm I'm chunky. You're ripped. You ought to see like he's flexing I'm right now. Ripped. You guys can't see it, but his like I'm ripped chunky. His shirt is barely containing his biceps as he flexes. Yeah, I got this. I got this thing with sleeves. I can't. I got a. I got a nervous tick where I always roll them up and pull them down when I'm wearing long sleeves. But you know, grassroots shirts are like the most comfortable shirts. Yeah, even in summer, it's like Ever. 90 degrees today, and yeah. I'm still wearing a hoodie. Love but our you know, Jesse pulls up with a trunk full of groceries. I'm gonna carry most of them because I can. It's more efficient. I have. I choose to do that. I choose to use whatever inherent gifts I have to help her out. I can't be like, well, I'm stronger than you. You bet. You better make some pancakes. We're about to see how strong I can be. You know what I'm it's like? No, 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 no. What What I have, any authority I have, was given to me. Like Jesus came to serve, not be served. The authority that I have is to serve others in any capacity I can. It's not a selfish thing. It's exactly what I was just thinking. Is my family does not exist to make my life easier or better. That's not their reason for existing. Okay. My family exists to bring glory to God. And, and how, how can we accomplish that? And to stress, listeners, friends, there is not a single excuse, anyone that's listening, to ever be subjected to emotional, physical, sexual, verbal abuse. And we always say this. when We've Period. talked about this on the podcast before or uh, preaching. If if you feel you're in that situation, like we are a safe place to let let know that's happening. Like like we want want you to be safe. Like no one, it, it is completely unbiblical to ever be subjected to abuse. And there's one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. Uh, I told Jesse last night because we were talking about it because I want to know her views on it. Being a lady, and I told her that it's like if I'm ever doing something that's that you feel is making you uncomfortable or wrong. I'm not your final authority. It's like there's a higher authority. I'm I'm accountable to him and his truth and his word. Uh, so, y'all, kids, men, women, like, remember that. They're never. No, there's no excuse for any type of abuse or assault like that. That's not how this should work. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at this, but something I try to ask myself when when thinking about my family interaction is how can I help my family flourish? Okay, so as individuals, um, emotionally, kind of the lights just blinked, and I'm wondering if, like, I hope the computer didn't. I think we'll be all right. Um, but how can I help them uh, flourish emotionally? Uh, I, think, I think even, like, our 19-year-old Luke right now, we're trying to help him flourish um, in the job search. Like, we're there to help him find, like, I'm not, you know, telling him, okay, you have to go get this job. Like, it's like, hey, where, where can we help direct you? And when I'm interacting with my wife, it's like, how can I help her flourish? And that's in all aspects of our relationship. And so um, keeping that in the forefront keeps me with the, the mindset of I'm here for God's glory on behalf of my family to do what's best for them. And so this is why this one's so conflicting for us. Yeah, and plus, the way that documentary was set up, the way that it was portraying the lifestyles of the individuals within that program was very, very similar to the first 15 years of my life. I, and it does scar. <laughs> it does leave scars. Um, but very blessed to not be in that situation anymore. So I think we're in agreement. 
in general, these biblical principles like we're, we're on board with, but the way that the direction they were taken was a perversion of the truth, and to manipulate something good into something wrong is sin. That's the way the devil works. Um, it's also conflicting because, very similar to my background, even though I'm not there at all right now, but I want to get to this other point, too, and this is another reason why I'm conflicted, because I was looking it up, and I've said it on the podcast before. It's like I came from a fundamentalist background, but I don't consider myself fundamentalist uh, more like now, especially theologically, more in like the historical reform something camp. But I was looking it up yesterday. That makes sense to you, I think, and I think it makes sense to our friends for the most part. I should have looked into it a little more before I started making any proclamations, but anyway, outside of the church, outside of... Um, our circles, Reformed Baptist, particular Baptist, is considered fundamentalist, fundamental Calvinist. So in society, mainstream American and global culture, you and I are considered quote-unquote fundamentalist. And my issue with the way the documentary was portrayed, it went from, okay, IBLP is a cult. They have conservative values, and they're fundamentalists. And they're raising these kids up and they're homeschooling them and brainwashing them to put them in positions of government, um, press secretaries, governors, lawyers, Supreme Court justices. And the documentaries like these conservative fundamentalists are, quote, popping up everywhere. So it kind of convolutes these terms. It's equating that it, it goes from cult to fundamentalists. So all fundamentalists are part of a cult to evangelicals now of a sudden. You see what they're doing here? They're starting to shift the thing. They're popping up everywhere, and they're trying to take over the world by having a lot of kids so that way they can control public policies and social issues in the next 20 years. It's a long game thing. And then they'll interchange those words with Christian. So I'm watching it as a Christian and thinking, oh, that's what the world thinks? That's what the world thinks about me? That because I'm a Christian... I'm a, I'm supporting abuse and um, oppression of women. Like, that's what the world, the culture thinks of me. And it all goes back to the way that the documentary, they didn't really explain fundamentalism. They didn't explain evangelicalism. They didn't explain conserva- theological conservatism. Like, they just mushed it all together to where I feel like the only... Um, the only conclusion someone can make if they're watching this unbiased and not a part of a church is that all fundamentalist Christians, evangelicals are the same thing and they all support abuse. That's how it made me feel. Like I felt gross because those terms were not necessarily fleshed out. They just kind of grouped them all together. Now, again, 100% on board. I think that um, the program, super culty, Gothard's kind of creepy to me. Um, not a fan of it. The Duggars and their family, I don't know them. <laughs> well, but I don't, I, I, don't cover. I don't want to be put in this camp of someone that is abused because I'm not, and I don't support it. Yeah, this is something I want to, I want to cover. Um, we were asked to talk about the IBLP cult. And I've heard multiple people call it a cult. And I got to thinking, I'm like... The cult of fundamentalism and evangelicalism and our plan to take over the world, Darren. But I wanted... I wanted... I was like, I think we need to define cult. Because we... Back 
when I was a kid, you know, the was it David Koresh? Wacko, Waco. The, the, yeah, the cult that they all ended up taking this Kool-Aid shot or something. That oh, was, no, that's Jimmy Jones. Is that who it was? Yeah, Jimmy Jones was the Kool-Aid guy that, you know, mass suicide. Yeah. Like, uh, David Koresh was the Waco cult child abuse sex thing. But but those would those were things we pointed to as cults when I, was, when I was younger. Manson family. Yeah, like we would point to those as a cult. Um and, and we would look at it like like that's the reason we would call it a cult is as Christians, is it is something that is clearly leading people away from the truth of the gospel and taking them in a in a different direction. And that's just how I've kind of always thought of a cult. But I then looked it up, and according to the dictionary, a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. Now, with that, freaking Oprah could be a cult. Like, people... Bands. What about, like, rock bands? Yeah, it's... Now, it says a system of religious, but again, like, Let's define religious. Like, if people are like, I watch Oprah religiously, meaning I'm I'm always watching, and I I listen to what she says, and I do what she says, and and I agree with what she says, and they're starting to hold her to a higher degree. They're venerating her. They're that she's becoming an object of their. You know, I'm following her direction. We could say that she's leading a cult. Um, the IBLP, I think, as an organization, is not a cult. I think it becomes a cult when people start to follow this Bill Gothard. Gothard. Yeah. They start to follow him without looking into the Word of God. Like he says, here's what the Bible says, and so they just take it. Yeah, when someone else's word becomes your truth... That's a problem. And, you know, so churches. And like we said, like uh, we we answer to a bigger accountability. We are accountable to the Lord. We're accountable to Scripture. And we're accountable to our body. Yeah, to one uh, another. The church body as well. But but if they're... If they're <clears throat> and the other part that it becomes cult-like is um, in their world. Let's say let's say you and Jesse found IPLP nearby and, and, you know, one of their conferences or something or a group of families, and y'all, y'all kind of got in. You know, let's just say you you drank the Kool Aid. Let's just put it that way. Oof, you drank the Kool Aid. Oof, but got that cherry stash. <laughs> Why's it gotta be cherry? Because you're in front of me. Ah, uh, that makes sense. And um, cherry Kool Aid is the best. Agreed. Unless it's swirly something, that's always fun. Unless you're getting a swirly. Ooh, you know what else <laughs> is really good? What do they sell? Wendy's? What are those things called? Frosties. Frosties. Oh, come sorry, on. that's not a swirly. No, but Frosties are so good. Okay. Uh. Let's say y'all kind of get in with them. However, y'all are like, we feel quite at peace with two kids. They would feel you're falling short of the the measure God has given you to fulfill. They actually said that. You know God has blessed you by how many kids you have. Let's say y'all decided, especially as Jesse is a public school teacher, not to homeschool your kids. 
they would say, you're not honoring God in the raising up of your kids because you're not homeschooling your kids. That's how it becomes like a cult is all of a sudden you're putting certain things that are, I think, backed primarily, not primarily, initially by biblical principles. Like, hey, yes, kids are a blessing from the Lord. Yes, you have been tasked with discipling your kids. But then they say, and this is the only way to do it. You have to homeschool. You have to have as many kids as you're physically able. You have to dress this way and very, literally very specific. The handbook is like, this is what modesty looks like. And, and so it's, that's how it becomes a cult is they take biblical principles and then put human standards to it. And they follow Bill Gothard more than Jesus, mm-hmm. and they place their righteousness on we homeschool our kids, our kids are in dresses, our boys are in pants, and Bill Gothard is our leader. It's like that's when it becomes a cult, and it's, it's dangerous. And we end up with something you've already touched on a couple of times. You end up with a culture where for the, and I'm using air quotes here, y'all. He is, friends. I you see, see him. It, my air quotes oh, up there going quotes there. Little, crazy. Little How many times have I air quoted uh, so far? 12, 13, yep. 14, 15. Wait, wait. They're twice as much. 27. Oh, that's true. 28, uh, 29, 30. Protection. 32. Of the culture of the IBLP. They show it in the documentary. Josh Duggar, the oldest had been, I don't want to say busted, but had been had been caught with, uh, I don't know if it was child pornography. Was it child pornography? Oh, yeah, a bunch. And then also having found out that he had, at minimum, sexually molested uh, some of his sisters and other kids that were in that organization. Um, and so they... they they dealt with it. They sent him to that camp. But Jim Bob, in his pursuit of political position... And popularity for the TV show. ...wanted the whole family there. So they bring him back, and they, they deemed him... This is from the show, a direct quote. They deemed him cured. He, he's, he has been healed from that. And, of course, you find out later on it continued... That's the culture of abuse we're talking about that without good godly accountability, these things happen. You and I said it at the bean today that if somebody here within our kids' ministry at Grassroots, we found that they had inappropriately acted towards one of the kids or even a, a lady or an individual here, we are going to deal with it. Part of us dealing with it is we're going to report this to the authorities. Correct. We're not anti. We ain't anti-government because we're supposed to pray for our government and they're ordained to be an authority over us. And there are certain measures yes. and uh, statutes in place to provide protection. That, scripture we'll, says that's what they're there for. We'll use them in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's what Scripture says. They are there to punish sin. Now, I know some of y'all listening are going, yeah, but there's things that <clears throat> sin that they actually endorse. We're not talking about those things right now. We know that if somebody within grassroots had 
acted illegally, inappropriately, immorally towards a child, they're going to discipline that correctly, and we, we need to turn. But too much of the insider. And we also want to work in the rehabilitation side of things as well. Oh, absolutely. We want to be there for anyone who. Yeah, we're not kicking them out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think, yeah. We're here to love them through it, but part of it is loving them through dealing with the repercussions. Um, no, I was talking about victims. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we said, hey, if, you're, if you feel like something's happened, you, we're a safe place to come tell. Yeah. Um, but the big thing is that this cult-like attitude towards leaders, it's why you watch the Hillsong documentary, and the pastor that started Hillsong, his dad was found to be in decades of abuse of children. And it was covered up because for the sake of the church, for the sake of the family, for the sake of the ministry. And, and he died without ever facing the consequences of his actions. And you've got victims out there that, that did not get justice in this life. Um, and so that's why we're saying we want to be careful. We don't think the Duggars are evil people. Okay, we don't think the IBLP in its original intent is an evil cult dragging people away from the gospel. But we do recognize that if if they begin to hold the teaching of a man above what scripture says and they begin to base their righteousness before God even though surrounded by biblical principles they're doing it in an unhealthy way like it's cultish, it's cult-like, and it's dangerous. And it gets intertwined with politics, like you talked about the Roman Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. Yeah, and then power. It, it does become a power play. Yeah. And as mentioned before to you, it's the Machiavelli approach to modern-day politics. It's like all politics is, at its heart, is the acquisition and maintaining of power. Um, the prince, and the prince is like, you do and you say whatever you have to do or say to anybody to get what it is you want in order to, to maintain power and influence. That is... That's politics. Which, real quick, you said that in the documentary they talk about how uh, IBLP is trying to raise up a bunch of kids to take political power to... Take over the world! Yeah. Like, have you ever heard any political candidate go on the campaign trail and go, listen, I'm just trying to keep things where they're at. You know, status quo is pretty good. Let's just yeah. let's just be happy with what we like, got. Hey, it looks Relax. good, y'all. I'm just trying to make sure nothing <clears throat> changes. No, yeah, I'm gonna everybody. Run, I'm going to run for president, and my slogan will be "Relax, y'all." Yeah, is it really that bad out there? Like, <laughs> who who has a campaign campaign slogan of "Change sucks"? Nobody does that. Us when we run. Yeah, like like everybody is out for change. Like they everybody talks about their reforms. Change sucks, and our make. number one policy will be implementing digital currency. Change sucks. Change sucks, and and so that's <laughs> it's like Obama. Imagine that change. Hope and change. Hope sucks. <laughs> yeah, like who who isn't getting into politics in order to influence and change the way things? Like that's why they get into it. However, this is I'm going to end with this. I'm I'm done. We've said I've said enough. But I'm going to end with this. I'm slapping the table. I am so done. This Yes, one, you are. I'm cutting you off after this statement. We talked about it earlier today at the Wild Bean while drinking our 
amazing Mountain Folk Coffee. That's right. Representing. It's good stuff. Great stuff. Love give me it. the give me the oomph I needed to carry the burdens of the day. <laughs> it's true. Uh too often, and I've said this before, too often we want Christian celebrities. We want people that we can point at that are well known and high up and go, yeah, see, all we need is Jesus. That's the only celebrity we need. It's the only person we need to point to. It's the only, you know, direction we need to move. Do we praise God for Christians that are put into political office to to represent him? Yes. Like, thank you for carrying that. But at the same time, we got to talk with one of our partner ministries today, uh, one of the leaders from the partner ministry. Thank God for them representing Christ through working on the western end of the county by supplying needs. And it's it's like, y'all, we don't... Supplying needs? Well, spring. meeting needs. Supply, oh, good, good call. Supplying... Resources. Resources for needs. There we go. They're like, they're taking people's stuff <laughs> so that we can come in. And <laughs> the truth, hey, behind the curtain, how grassroots went from yeah. being. This is how we supply or supply so much. Gospel-centered church to a uh, Robin Hood type of. Uh, Before we can meet the need, we make the need. Ooh, klepto cult. <laughs> but that's it. Like, I'm thankful for everybody God puts into places of ministry and opportunity, but it's, we we don't need Christian celebrities. That's why everything that you see in mainstream media now, by and large, will be some major downfall of a Christian leader. As soon as as soon as it happens, there's going to be another documentary about it. You know, this is why I love like I want to I want to live out faithfully whatever God's called me to live out and and just quietly go into eternity. Into the West. You know, yeah, just one day I'm just going to disappear. I'll be gone, and, and the gospel will continue. The church will still live on. Um, if the church can survive the dark ages, the church can survive the social media age. The Huxleyan age. What's that? Is that the Cosby show? Adolis Huxley, the Brave New World guy. Uh, but yeah. Sorry. The Huxtables. That was Cosby. Yeah, the Huxtable age. <laughs> Gosh, this world. Yeah. So yeah. so that's what I say and encourage everybody is um I I do I do think the documentary was a little bit unfair in touching on the heart of the gospel behind what they were trying to accomplish. But at the same time, it does reveal a dangerous path for abuse and power uh, without the proper accountability. Um, And so I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for grassroots, uh, the accountability we have here, mutual accountability. But I I feel like that is portrayed in love uh, primarily. I can't say I'm always the best at that because there's times that I come across very authoritarian and and I don't want to. But uh, definitely thankful uh, for God's word for the gospel, and 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 brothers and sisters that do hold me accountable uh, as they should. Um, and so, I love my family. I want to serve them well. 
I want to disciple them well. I want to lead them well. Uh, I want to love them well. But for God's glory, not mine. And so I'm out. And we are grateful for you, friends, for listening to us. Give us your feedback if you have any. Text us, call us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Made it this far. You're awesome. Please show grace. We're not perfect, but you are. See ya.